Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash GreenFestival. As promised, let's take you to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix is joined by Blackstone Chairman and CEO Steve Schwartzman. Fran? Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. I'm really delighted to be here by Steve, well, joined here by Steve Schwartzman. It's day four, so uh, we're struggling to talk a little bit, Steve. I mean, it's been like nonstop this year because there's been so many people. Uh, the talk is, of course, about the conflicts, the impact that has on the economy. Are you confident about 2024? Well, I think 2024 will be a good year. It'll be start out slower. Uh, in the sense that, you know, interest rates are still pretty high and the Fed will keep them that way. Everybody has their own guess, you know, probably till the second half uh, at some point in there. Uh, so so that'll, that'll sort of have a little bit of um, sort of a baffling effect. Um, stock market had such a run. Uh, in, in in the fourth <laughs> quarter, uh, that that you wouldn't expect that to to really take off and go, and the economy is uh, uh, slowing uh, a bit. Uh, that's normal with high interest rates. So so the, on the other side of the ledger, the expectation that interest rates are going down is is creating animal spirits again. Uh, and we, we did, at Blackstone, we did six uh, private equity investments in six weeks at the end of the year after a slow year. And we're much busier now. Yep. Uh, in a way, it represents some type of capitulation for people who are holding back uh, for two years. Uh, so uh, we're, 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 we're optimistic. Yep. For this year, but Steve, are you, are you worried that if actually we don't get those cuts promised by the Fed, because a lot of the good news is already priced in markets, that people will start waning on the deals a little bit? So for the moment, you're optimistic. Is second half of the year a little bit trickier? Uh, we will get the cuts okay. uh, because the way we measure uh, inflation, Blackstone, we're already right around the two percent. The fact that the Fed's using different numbers. You know, for rents and real estate, but we think they're they're sort of looking at six percent inflation in rents and in residential real estate, and we're the largest owner of residential real estate. We think it's zero to one. Let's bet on us on this one because we're the people actually doing it. Uh, and if you correct the index for that difference between what's really going on and they're saying it's 6.2, uh, you, get, you get around 2%. So I think it's, I'm quite confident that they'll be lowering rates. Some people are like overly enthusiastic about when they do it. Uh, we don't really care when they do it. It's just the fact that we're going to go from a period of rising rates 
to a period of lowering rates. So, so where do you see the best deals? Where do you think that the market is really ripe and, and kind of ready to go? Well, um, there are different, different things. Uh, you know, uh, data centers now uh, are, are really uh, interesting. Uh, energy transition, uh, you know, um, is that's more of a book value kind of thing because you're building things typically, uh, and, and we've done extremely well uh, in, in that area. Um, uh, we, we have healthcare types of things where you're inventing uh, uh, drugs through uh, stage three trials. That's uncorrelated. Um, we're looking at very interesting things in European real estate. Now, that, that's counter to what people I was going to say counterintuitive. Would, right, counterintuitive. So there's always an actual reason why it's interesting, not an assertion. So, so the reason uh, is that people who own real estate in uh, Europe used to be paying almost nothing uh, in interest because rates were negative for governments uh, and even deposits. And, and now it's costing them about 500 basis points more to carry their positions. If you are highly leveraged, uh, then you're having a, a lot of difficulty holding your, your positions and, and the actual underlying real estate isn't necessarily growing that much. Right. So the way out of this dilemma is to sell assets. Yeah. And there's hardly anybody in Europe who wants to buy them. Yeah. But at Blackstone, we're the largest owner of commercial real estate. Uh, we've got plenty of money. We want to buy that real estate, but only the good kinds of real estate, like, like uh, uh, the data centers, uh, the warehouses, the student housing, which is all doing well. So what we normally do is tell them to go back and just bring us that stuff, and we'll buy all of it to give them liquidity. And we're, we're finding that that's happening a lot, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's creating things, because we only buy them at a price we think makes sense. So, so we now have not only willing sellers, but sellers who have to sell, and, and a very willing buyer. So we're gonna create a lot of very interesting investments. So what you find, uh, Francine, in almost every environment, if all you're doing is what everybody does, it's not so interesting. If you have different inputs, you, you can create things with very good rates of return. How, how do you look at AI? So is AI something that's embedded in the future of, of what you're buying, or do, do you go straight for, the, for AI well, play? There, there are certain types of things. When you look at them, you, you have to, as part of an analysis, say if AI was more developed, is that good or bad for this type of business? So, so there are certain types of businesses really not good for, certain types can really be improved. Uh, and, and so that's now on the checklist, if you will, uh, for your due diligence. Uh, and AI itself, uh, and we've marshaled you know, uh, almost all of our portfolio companies. Uh, I, I gave, a, I did a Zoom uh, with all of them, all the CEOs, uh, about uh, six months ago. And I told them AI is no longer an elective course. 
this is core curriculum. And, and you're going to learn to love it. <laughs> and the reason... And understand it. Well, understand it as best you can, and we'll help you. Uh, at, at, in effect, Blackstone Parent, and a lot of companies we embed uh, data scientists to serve as a link. Uh, and uh, one of the things that we really want to do is make sure that every company has, has a plan because if you don't and somebody else does, this is an area where if you're not the first mover and your competitor implements AI and they have uh, bigger margins or, or more new products, then you're going to start losing your market share and some people, some businesses, who aren't in the game yeah. are going to be really adversely infected. And I explained to them, that can't be you. You don't want to oversee somebody else taking your market share and hurting your business. They all understand this. Okay, this is, this is a good thing. Steve, do you worry about liquidity crises in, in certain pockets? I know Carson Block was talking, for example, about BXMT. No, not, not, you know, we, we have, I think, 97% uh, of loans uh, paying, uh, and, um, you know, we, we've done our own analysis on that, and we're not uh, uh, you know, particularly concerned about that. Um, in, in terms of liquidity, there'll be um, office buildings uh, which will have uh, that uh, issue. Uh, although office buildings, uh, particularly in the United States, uh, as a rule, mm -hmm. are a lot lower leveraged yeah. than they used to be mm -hmm. uh, when you were covering the global financial crisis. Then office buildings were 75 to 80 percent leveraged. Now they're 55 to 60 percent leveraged. So to the extent that those buildings get in trouble, yeah. there's much more equity in them. So right. this is going to be an unfortunate moment for the actual owners rather than just the banks. Yeah. Do, do you think private equity be, have a, has a place in people's 401ks? Oh, absolutely. Geez, um, you know, we're selling uh, a lot of money to uh, pri private wealth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 25 percent of Blackstone's assets are to private wealth con customers. So that's $250 billion. And, um, you know, that, that is a little cyclical because private wealth customers sometimes get, uh, you know, uh, affected more than institutions when markets go down or there are threats of that type. On the other hand, there's $80 trillion with probably, that's as a market opportunity, with uh, probably only 2% penetrated. When I started in 1985, back in the Middle Ages, uh, that, uh, that's just the way institutions were. Institutions now are 25%. And the reason uh, is you get much higher returns over time uh, than the stock market. You know, probably around. 500, 600 basis points. You give up some liquidity, yeah. Yeah. and now we're inventing new products 
that, that can be put into uh, liquid form, uh, if not daily liquid, uh -huh. uh, periodic liquid. Uh -huh. Uh, so, so you give up some liquidity, yeah. but you make a lot more money. Um, Steve, talk to me about the U.S. elections. So you've, you've always had a candidate, and you're on the fence for the moment. Like, what will, how will you make up your mind? Well, I, you know, uh, all I do is read polls uh, and media. Uh, and, you know, we've only had one election. And it wasn't even an election, it was a caucus. So, so I think, you know, uh, I'd like to see what the public thinks rather than what I think. Uh, so that'll take a, a, a little bit. But uh, is that because you want to back the winner or because you, you, you want to see someone that, that could possibly beat Trump? Well, I just want to see how the game plays. Uh, and, you know, um, uh, the world's complex with all of this presidential uh, uh, politics now. Uh, and, you know, so I've always learned to trust my instincts. When, when I want to see more, uh, I just want to see more. Uh, and, you know, obviously I'll make some decisions uh, at some point. But this is the start of the game. For people who've been covering this like a blood sport, it's, it's been going on for a year, year and a half already, but the actual game has just started. But New Hampshire is a big one, right? Excuse that me? New Hampshire is going to be interesting. Yeah. That's next week. But do you, you know, is there a chance that the Republican nominee is not Donald Trump? Uh, ask the pollsters. <laughs> uh, ask the political experts. You trust the pollsters. Uh, uh, you know what's amazing? Having had such a bad record, uh, in the 2020 elections, uh, and even in the midterms, uh, they got uh, Iowa virtually identically what, as yeah. to what happened. So Iowa's actually uh, like a major victory for polling, uh, you know, as well as the winner. Um, See, so we talk a lot about, you know, what would happen to the economy, to domestic policies, to foreign policy under Donald Trump. What do you think will happen under, you know, a second-term President Biden? Well, we've seen a lot of that. Uh, and we've, we've now got $2 trillion <laughs> deficits uh, with no end in sight. Uh, we've got our debt to GDP uh, going up. We've got open borders with 8 million people coming over. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that the country, frankly, is prepared for four more years of that, because uh, those things all poll very negatively. So I, I can't uh, really project yeah. You know what? What would happen? But, see, when the debt becomes an issue, would it be a, a failed treasury auction? Like, could there actually be a, a big financial event that that makes people, you know, w wonder about the future of this? Well, theoretically, uh, usually financial uh, crises come when you don't expect them, yeah. uh, and they they come quickly. Um, I think we have a ways to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of people buying treasury bills. I, I don't worry about that as a, a practical uh, uh, issue. Um, you know, you have a country like Japan, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, is like 
250 to 300% of GDP, they're still there. Yeah. Uh, now, most countries who have that situation uh, self-finance. Uh, and the U.S. is dependent upon more global finance. So, so it would be good uh, if we could get our financial house uh, in order. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. That was, of course, Steve Schwartz from Blackstone, Chairman and Chief Executive. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.